Hi everyone, and welcome to my personal diary. Happy November 1st. Uh, boy, has my life been crazy. How about yours? <laughs> Today, uh, I just kind of want to talk about, I don't know, crazy life, how to handle it. We're done with Halloween. Unfortunately, I love Halloween. Um, but I don't know how you guys handled Halloween this year. If you guys went trick-or-treating. Oh, I apologize. That's my work bag on the seat next to me. It's clearly heavy enough that my car thinks it's a person not wearing their seatbelt. So that's a blast. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the power of spoken word, being able to come here and talk about how I'm feeling, what's going on, get it off my chest, feel better saying things out loud. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we had quite the, the problem in our house. So Thursday, our cat was acting a little weird, kind of running around and, um, we were able to figure out that his tail was bothering him. Uh, cause at one point he rubbed against me and when I touched the end of his tail, I got blood on my hand. So, um, our cat is very rambunctious. He loves to run around and climb the towers and, um, just full of energy about three or three years old. Um, <clears throat> and just loves to play. So, you know, we didn't think too much about it. Oh, he probably caught his tail while he was playing, um, bit down on it, cut it with his claws, something like that. You know, we have a dog. Um, the dog's pretty complacent though. He, he doesn't really put up with the cat's shenanigans, but he also doesn't engage. Um, so we don't really worry about that. And then of course we have a, I guess you would call her a toddler, not really an infant. Um, and she's small, right? So there's not really too much damage we think she can do, um, to the cat, let's say. So we called the vet. Um, I was able to get a picture of the tip of his tail. So he wasn't completely avoiding us. Um, I was able to, you know, he was still following us around and being friendly and wanting to be pet. And so I was able to kind of grab from the base of his tail and slide my fingers up and get a picture. And it looked like a big slice through his tail. And so we sent a picture, the best picture I could get to the vet. Um, and said, you know, Hey, this is kind of what we saw. Do you have any idea? Like, should we bring him in? Um, we tried to wrap his tail because it's bleeding, not profusely, not like gallons of blood or anything crazy. Um, <clears throat> just enough that, you know, the tip of his tail was wet and they said, Oh, you know, we don't really have any appointments today. If you are still concerned tomorrow, give us a call in the morning. We have walk-in appointments in the afternoon. So, um, he kept doing this like hissing thing. So he would kind of just be standing all by himself and then he would start hissing and take off running, uh, which is very out of character for him. So Friday morning comes along, I leave and go to work because I go in the office on Friday mornings and my husband calls the vet and lets them know like, Hey, we think we want to bring him in. We at least want you to wrap his tail. It looks like it's still bothering him. Um, 
you know, no big deal. So we go in at four. Well, we schedule an appointment for four. So my husband takes him at four and it ends up being kind of worst case scenario. So, uh, what happened is apparently there's, there's a thing that happens to cats. It's, uh, uh, I guess <laughs> everybody that I've mentioned this to is like, I've had 10 million cats and this has never been a problem. So I, I don't know. Um, common enough, but not that common apparently that's called degloving. So if you can use your imagination and just think about, uh, the, the bone, right? The tailbone on a cat coming, like being separated from the muscle and nerves and skin, just that whole thing, um, which is really strange, right? That it did, we couldn't think of any trauma, anything that would cause that. And what they said is they see it most commonly when like a cat gets their tail shut in a door, um, or someone steps on the cat's tail. Uh, so normally it's pretty dramatic, right? It, it happens, you know, it happens. It's a big deal. You essentially take your cat in right away and you get it fixed. Um, but what this means is that they have to amputate the tail. So for, for us, we're like, oh, okay, great. Um, so, you know, this not problem that we didn't think that we had has now turned into a big problem and potentially needing to amputate our cat's tail. So, you know, the vet doesn't do that there. They're just like a veterinary clinic. They're not a surgery clinic and definitely not an emergency surgery clinic. So they refer us to an emergency room nearby. So, you know, they sedate him. We take him to the emergency room. Um, and of course it's just a cluster, right? So this is all Friday night, um, straight from the vet at four o'clock to my husband taking the cat to the emergency room at five or whatever, five 30. Um, because as I'm sure most of you know, with COVID, all of the precautions have changed, right? So you can't go to the vet and just take your pet inside. Now they come out to your car and they take the, the animal from you and they go in, um, without you and do all this stuff to your poor animal that just doesn't understand why you're not there. Um, which is that that's a, a conversation for another day. Um, but essentially they take your pet away from you, poke prod, do all these things, and then give you an update without you necessarily being there. Um, so so my husband has this awesome experience, uh, you know, where he gets to the emergency room, he calls them, lets them know he's there. The, our vet said that they were calling ahead, letting them know we were coming, um, because this was urgent. And, and of course they were very apologetic at the vet clinic because, um, apparently when they looked at his tail, they were like, this needs to be handled right now. If you would have waited another day or two, he probably would have gotten an infection and died. So that's great. Um, luckily we tend to err on the side of caution when it comes to bleeding animals in our house. Um, so when my husband gets there and calls them, uh, they're like, okay, great. So what's, what's going on? Why, why are you bringing your pet here? And he's like, excuse me. Uh, the vet told me they were calling ahead. And the, the lady on the other end goes, oh no, the vets don't actually call. They just tell you that. 
And he said, oh, nope, nope. The vet was very clear that he would be calling and letting you guys know why we were being referred here and what was going on. And she said, "Mm, it doesn't matter. I just need you to tell me what's going on. So he goes through the whole story with her and she goes, wait a second. Is this your cat or their cat? (laughs) And so he says, I'm, I'm just going to call the vet back. So he gets off the phone with this girl. Well, I'm sure it's crazy, right? Everything's different. Um, but basic customer service skills, you know, I think we've all learned that's kind of gone out the window that doesn't exist anymore. Um, apparently also in the world of veterinary medicine. So, you know, he calls the vet, the vet calls back, everything gets settled. He brings the cat in. And so because this was just at the tip of our cat's tail, they, they did have to amputate. Um, but really just the end of it. So he still has a majority of his tail. Um, long story short, I guess that's still a long story and there's still a lot to tell. Um, and they end up amputating just the tip of his tail. Well, Mike, our, our cat is very large. Um, he's just a big boy. And so they've cut the end of his tail off. Um, oh, I should tell you. So the amount of time that goes by is insane. So by the time he drops them off, drops the cat off, they tell him, Oh, we're going to examine him. We'll give you a call and let you know what our next steps are. You know, they have to verify that they should amputate. So my husband comes home, they end up calling him and letting him know, Hey, it looks like we're, we are going to have to put him under. We're going to have to do all these things, um, to amputate the end of his tail. We don't have a nurse available right now. So we're just going to sedate him, um, with like painkillers. And once the nurse is available, we'll get him under anesthesia and take him into surgery. The procedure doesn't take long at all. So, uh, and and it's not an overnight thing. So this, I mean, at this point, keep in mind, it's like seven o'clock, right? That we're getting the cat kind of moving. Um, and we ask, okay, well, you know, my wife works on Saturdays. We only, we don't really only have one vehicle, but we have a toddler, right? So, um, is this road not blocked off anymore? I don't trust it. Um, so it's not very logical that if the cat were to be there overnight and we needed to pick him up, say by noon for my husband to load up the baby and, and get, get to the veterinary clinic, go pick up the cat, do all this stuff, right? Like it's just not easy. So ideally we'd like to avoid that. And they said, Oh no, 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 we don't keep them overnight. You come pick them up after the procedure. Uh, because it's like an emergency room, right? So he's like, okay, so I should just stay awake until you let me know when I should come get him. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be that much longer. It might be a couple of hours. Um, and then the procedure is pretty quick and then you'll just come pick him up. So I'm going to say probably around 10 o'clock or so. Okay, fine. You know, we're old. We go to bed early. <laughs> we have a baby. She goes to bed at seven 30. So we, we tend to go to bed very early. Um, So he's like, okay, no problem. I'll stay up. And then of course I go to bed to go to sleep and it's like 1030. I mean, mind you, I haven't really slept at this point. I'm still kind of awake. Um, and he still hasn't heard from the vet clinic. And I said, you know, wait until about 11 o'clock. And if you haven't heard from them yet, then give them a call. So 11 o'clock rolls by, he calls them and they go, Oh, you know, we still haven't had a nurse to get him under anesthesia yet. Um, so we haven't had a chance to do the procedure. I can't give you a time, but we still would not plan on keeping him any, any later than after his appointment. So, 
Um, he's like, okay. And they say, you know, it should really only be another, uh, another couple of hours at the most. Okay, fine. So like midnight, nah, one o'clock. Sure. So by the time this is all said and done, uh, my husband gets home around three 30 in the morning with the cat. And of course the cat, you know, has now lost part of his tail. He's coming off of anesthesia. We have a dog. We have a baby. Um, my husband's been up all night. And I'm supposed to leave for work and leave him at home with a under one-year-old and a cat coming off of anesthesia that just had surgery. Um, so this is all a blast. So I actually get up at 3.30 so my husband can get some sleep. And I stay awake with the cat. <laughs> um, and he's you know, being goofy, like you would expect. So he's like rolling around in his kennel and he's, he's a big cat and he's got this cone on cause they want to make sure that he can't rip the stitches out of his tail. So he's like doing flips inside the, the kennel. And so I open it up and let him out so he can like crawl onto my lap and maybe calm down and he's still rolling around. So now there's blood everywhere. So fun fact, apparently when you get your cat's tail amputated or cut off or tip of it or whatever, um, all they do is stitch it. So they don't actually wrap it because it's just a difficult place to wrap. Um, and you would have to change the dressing so frequently. So they just leave it open so it can breathe, um, which fine by me because it's awful. We had a lot of problems with our dog having surgery last year and we had to take him to the vet like every two days to get dressing changed because we couldn't do it. And it was just, it was insane. So fine, but then he's bleeding everywhere. So then I, I called the the emergency room and I'm like, Hey, uh, I just want to know, is this normal? Um, will this stop? Should we bring him back in? Or is this something to be concerned about? And they said, Oh, you know, it's fine. Um, it's to be expected, which makes sense. Um, if he's still bleeding tomorrow, still having problems with bleeding at the tip of his tail, then call us. So he hasn't had any problems there. His, his tail seems fine. Um, but his damn tail is so long, he can still get it in his mouth. So he's sitting in the kennel and I see him whip his tail around into his comb and he tries to chew on his tail. And so, so the cat's tail is still long enough because he's so big that he can whip it around and try to get it into his mouth. So we've been leaving the cone on him so far, just so he can't like crawl under the bed and whatnot. And of course he's on all these like pain medications, which are like sedatives. So as soon as you give him a pain medication, he just knocks out. Well, he fights it. It seems like, so he stays awake for a couple of hours to try to not fall asleep. And then he ends up falling asleep and then we'll sleep for, you know, six or eight hours, which is good. He needs to rest obviously. Um, and he's a cat, so he tends to sleep a lot anyway, but hasn't been and his sleep's all screwy. So <laughs> Uh, so I, I stayed home from work on Saturday. I let everybody know at the office at three 30 in the morning that I would not be coming in, um, because of the whole cat situation. And my husband and I both running on just a few hours of sleep back and forth. And it, it took until probably four o'clock to actually get the cat to just go to sleep. Um, so all day on Saturday, he was just wandering around and we're trying to keep the baby away from him, um, try to keep the dog away from him, trying to get him to stay away from them. Um, 
So it's been a very exciting time uh, in my house this weekend. So clearly we didn't do anything for Halloween and I was supposed to work. And that also didn't happen because I I couldn't. There was no way. Um, And now we're still just monitoring the cat. See how he's doing. Um, He's doing better. He obviously has lost part of his tail. Um, And I think that he will be fine. It looks like the blood clotting happened on his tail. And so maybe we'll get to take his cone off tonight or tomorrow, which would be really great, I think, for him mentally, because then he's not fighting to try to get everywhere that he loves to get into in the house. So I I know that this has been (laughs) literally just me telling you what happened in the last day, Um, but, you know, it's the the power of getting it off of your chest and talking about it and telling somebody and starting to roll with it. I, I texted a lot of people about what was going on, but obviously you don't get to say as much as you probably want to say. Um, and of course there was a lot of fear when it was all happening and with him being kind of dead asleep when he is falling asleep on those pain meds. So, um, but he's fine and he's going to be fine. And I just thought I would share this lovely catastrophe with anyone who decided to hang out and listen. So if uh, you ever slam your cat's tail in the door, take him to the vet right away. They'll probably amputate his tail, uh, but it seems like he's going to be fine. So Thanks for hopping in, guys. I know it was just a long story about my cat, um, but it's my personal diary, so I get to do whatever I want. So thanks. Uh, I hope that you get a chance to talk out loud to somebody today or yourself to a mirror. Get it off your chest, feel better, and uh, start evaluating how you're feeling. Thanks.